And we are live with Real Business, Real Talk, a show created for those of you that are looking to grow, to expand, those of you that are growing as you're going. Um, that's my biggest passion, to help people grow. I mean, this is the, you know, that's the way I run my life, always trying to expand, always trying to learn something new, and this podcast allows me to do that. And one of the best things of this podcast is I'm able to invite people. So today I have a guest. He's a friend of mine. He is in the real estate space. Um, he has been a friend of mine for, for quite a few years, and I've been able to see you know, seeing his growth in his company, and he's been able to see my growth also because I believe I started working on his, one of his air conditioners, and that's how we met. And then from there, we were able to um, connect at a deeper level because he's an entrepreneur as I am. So, um, so with not much delay, I'm going to go ahead and introduce you guys to Robert, uh, and he is in the real estate business. And today, we're just going to go ahead and talk and and you know, learn some stuff from each other. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you on on this journey of podcasting. I know it's been one of your goals for the last what six months, maybe, maybe even dude, it's been maybe way a more. Year. I've been procrastinating. At so, it. Yeah, so, thing, yeah. so congratulations. I wish you all the best and here to support you, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, mean, I thank you. I thank you. Appreciate that. I think that this right here for me has been long overdue and um and i'm like why did i wait so long i don't know this was one of those type of things that you just take so long to do and then once you do it you're like man you start kicking yourself like man i should have done this before but i'm just glad that we're doing this and um so yeah so i was i'm interested in learning more i know that i know you pretty well but i think that as a podcast allows us to even get a little deeper that's why i call this podcast real business real talk because it allows us to kind of like get behind the curtain with people. And uh, if you're able to kind of like introduce yourself and, and let us know who you are and then also, you know, what got you into the real estate space? Well, uh, well, um, I've been in real estate since 1998. I got licensed um, in New York. That's where I started. In New York, uh, really? Yeah, in New York. Uh, my dad was in the construction business. Um, in New York, and he then had bought a 13-family building that um, he was renovating, you know, the, the units as as they were getting vacant, and uh-huh. I, I just grew up in that space of construction and Kinda renovation. Like Donald Trump stories, right? <laughs> well, actually, he worked for Donald Trump's dad, Freddie Trump. Really? Yeah. What yeah, and, and he always told me, oh, you know, Freddie Trump has his son, you know, Donald Trump, and he's doing this and doing that. Um so um, I relate to Donald Trump in that sense, not that, you know, I know a lot of people don't like Trump, but, you know, hey. just in the sense that his dad was in in the same, you know, um, line as my, pretty much as my dad. And, you know, it, it, like I said, he bought this this 13-family building. Uh-huh. Um, so I saw, you know, things about tenants, you know, moving in, moving out, managing real estate. And, and you were how old when you were? Well... When he purchased, I, I must have been eight years old, maybe. Oh, okay. So you were introduced to real estate early. Into real estate slash construction, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Th- that's where I get all the, you know, flipping houses and, you okay. know, renovation. It's already in your veins. Experience. It's in my veins, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got into real estate in 98, and then I moved here in 2003 to Florida um, and opened my own firm in... 2007 after working for 
one of the big corporate real estate companies uh, for two years and then grew that to a little over 100 agents. Okay. And I think two years. So hold on, hold on. So let's let's regress a little bit. So you you what what brought you to Florida? What like the weather? That's it. That, that was the it. weather. That was it. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Well, my daughter was born. Okay. Right. And I know I didn't want to raise her in New York. She okay. was one at the time. Uh huh. I was like, I I gotta get out of here. You know, yeah. I, I can't yeah. stay in New York. Okay. So you came over here. Now you're basically now getting into, and what? So you just got get to Florida, and you just said, Hey, I'm just gonna continue in the real estate space. Yeah, that yeah. was the idea. I mean, I already okay. knew I was. Oh, so you knew from to, from over there. Yeah, I already okay. had a plan that I was going to do real estate. That was it. So when you got to Florida, I mean, you got here when it was not as crazy as it is now. I mean, did you get to? No, it, it was two thousand four or five, right? And that's when. I mean, I I bought. I had helped people buy properties, get it built. And the day of the closing that they received the keys, they would hand me back the keys and say, just sell the property, put it back on the market, uh-huh. and make 90 grand. So I was still in the boom. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. So that oh, was 2000. Because you did it before the 2007. 2008. Before, 2008, yeah. 2008 yeah, fall, yeah. yeah. So I was five, six, seven. Wow. So, but I mean, where the prices were back then, I mean, I bet, I mean, because I've always seen Florida like that. What I've learned is that Florida has been more of a retirement place. Yeah, for it was for, you know older people, you yeah, know, retirement. Yeah. It's yeah, not like right now where we're at. Now, now you got young families moving here because yeah. of the weather. You know, because buying real estate was was, and I'm saying was because now it's it's. I think Florida is one of the top you know five states where you know it's getting it's getting up there on prices. Uh-huh. You know, um, but it was a way where you can buy a house. I remember I bought my four bedroom. Two and a half bath home with a pool for one hundred forty thousand. When I moved, dude, what? The yeah, heck? when yeah. I moved here in two thousand three, you know that same house right now is probably four fifty ish. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. That's that's when um, I think that I, I remember someone told me this before that Florida was kind of like this this uh, hidden place that people didn't really know about the value and the prices that, I mean, the prices back then, I remember my father coming over here from, I mean, we're, we're from originally from Detroit and he bought a house over here. And I mean, it was like, I think he paid 80,000. Yeah. I think it was 60, 70,000 yeah, yeah. back then. That, that was the price. Yeah. yeah. Now he has a lot of equity. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you come here, you open, you decide to go ahead and basically um, get into space. You had already that in your mind. Yeah. Right. Then, I mean, you said you had about a hundred agents. A little over a little 100, over yeah. 100 agents. I mean, what got you there? Like, how did you grow it that fast? Pure hustle, no? <laughs> you know what? If if I have to be honest, you know, I, I could go ahead and said, you know, I'm 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 the smartest guy. I did that, this, and the other. Yeah, yeah. You know, it it just honestly kind of fell in my lap. To tell you the truth, I think I was. Don't get me wrong. I was in the right place at the right time, right and. The type of structure I had was when 100% commission to agents was just getting started. Okay. So that was another reason why I had a lot of agents. Now. So what do you mean when it was just getting started? How was it? So, it was so usually, usually when I started in New York, my my split was 50-50 with the broker. And he didn't give me anything. Like no leads, anything. It was 50-50. So, okay. so, so... Other companies were like, you know, 80-20, 70-30. 
Uh, so you had it good then. I mean, 50-50, that's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, no, no, I mean, I'm working and giving up 50% of my commission back to the broker. Oh, oh, you're not, okay, okay, I see. Okay, so from your stuff, you're having to split give, that in half. And give 50% of my commission to the broker. That's how yeah. I started. You know, that's yeah, how yeah, it yeah. used to be back in the days. Wow. Right? I'm talking about, what, 25 years ago? Something yep, like that? Yep, yep. So then, the, you know, other other companies like, you know, Century 21, Remax, they came up with, you know, the 80-20 split, 70-30 if you were new. Um, if you were really good, they would probably get you at 90-10. Okay. Right? So then brokerages started uh, doing 100% commission where they would give 100% commission to the agent. So whatever you made, you you kept. Mm-hmm. And there was a maybe a monthly fee. There was a transaction fee that you have to pay per deal. Okay. That could be two, three, four hundred bucks. Uh-huh. So that's all you would pay for every deal. Okay. So it was a numbers game, right? So you have 100 agents. Mm-hmm. They all close one deal a month in dreams, right? Uh-huh. It doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. But let's say they, they close 100 deals, right, for the month, and you're getting a transaction fee of, let's say, 300 bucks. Okay. That's the... the and that's bro- all the broker gets. Okay. Maybe there's also a monthly fee of, you know, 19.99, okay. 29, 30, 40 bucks, whatever it is, right? And that's just because the broker is the person that these people, the agents are under, right? As an agent, you have to be under a broker. Okay, all right. Got it. So, so, so I had that structure. I had the 100% uh, okay. commission split. All right, how was that working out for you? Uh, you know, again, it was a numbers game. I wasn't okay. becoming rich. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a competing broker. I had to do my own, lo- you know, my own sales to make uh-huh. to make money. Yeah, uh, it was enough to pay rent, expenses, secretary, you know, insurance, and uh-huh. you know the administrative stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like I was going to retire on that. Yeah. So then you go and and you grow the company, right? To now uh, I could have right okay. I could have turned a hundred agents into nine hundred agents or you know twenty five hundred agents. Really? Yeah. I mean, I I could have. Could have, would have, should have, you know. Is that what uh, what you had envisioned in the beginning? Did you no, envision yourself no. getting it to like a hundred over a hundred agents, or did it just like you were just so busy just grinding, doing the work that then they were like things were changing fast. Okay, okay, and it's not an excuse. It, it happened, you know. So I was, I came into the into the industry, you know, um, opened my brokerage, mm-hmm. grow, like so happened that my office was across across the hall from another office Mm -hmm. that went bankrupt and I received about 30 to 40 agents in less than a month just from that. And then from that, it just kept growing. Yeah. yeah, Right. And then I was on the main strip. So I had my signage, everything. So it was, I think that's when I met you back then. That's when you had that prime location. Yeah. Yeah. When when I was on the main road. Yeah. 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 So a lot of traffic, Mm -hmm. you know, clientele, traffic, buyers, um, so of course, realtors wanted to be in that office because yeah. it was this convenient. activity. They, yeah, they're they're attracted. They're like, hey, yeah. you know this 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 guy is just it's, they want to be in the right vehicle. So they send you to be the right vehicle, and that they're going to be able to get more leads because at the end of the day, did they have to generate their own leads? Were you also helping to support that as well? Is that in they, general because they're making a hundred percent commission, you you got to grind it out. You yeah. got to go get do a hundred percent of the work, right? Okay. Now we had situations where I would do different events or something, right? And whoever wanted to participate, then they we would split the the leads. Okay. Right? Um, they, they were, let's say, buyer seminars. Maybe we worked something with one of the new construction home builders okay. in the area. And we would pay an event 
or some ad and then bring, you know, 20, 30 buyers, 40 buyers to a location and then mm-hmm. we just kind of split that and, okay. and you know, split the, le- the, the leads. Uh-huh. But in general, I would say they would have to go get their own. Right? Okay. So there you go. You get this thing up to over 100 agents, which that's, uh, I mean, I get stressed out with just having 10 employees. I mean, so I know that it must have been stressful on your end. It, it, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say it was stressful. It was disappointing. Mm. It was disappointing that, you know, only 20% of that mm-hmm. of that group actually worked. Okay. And like anything, you know. Like that, anything else, yeah. Right. So, um, you know, you would do uh, sales training. They would ask you, hey, you know, Robert, what can I do here? What can I do there? And you would tell them, and then two weeks later, you know, you see them again at the next meeting and you say, so how, how, you know, how did it go? I'm like, well, I didn't have time or I couldn't do it, you know? So mm. they, they didn't, they weren't hungry enough. So it was a waste of time mm. in a sense, right? I, I could have been doing a lot more. Yeah. And then fast forward, I, I downsized the office. I made it a boutique. I got rid of, you know, 80% of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went back, even though I kept my office and still dealt with buyers and sellers and, you know, everything in real estate, uh-huh. now I had free time to go do and follow my passion, which was flipping homes, mm. renovating, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. It's always been a passion. It's fun. It's yeah. easy. It's, you know, make good money. So... I went. I went to do that for, yeah, several years. Okay, so then you go and you basically downsize. So then, and that's pretty interesting that you kind of like already knew your passion, anyways, and you realized that you need to free up some space, some time, so we could be able to address that, like kind of like go after that as well, too. Cor- correct. Yeah, yeah. So, so an experience that happened that that was an, another eye-opening experience was. It was in the midst or post. Um, Recession, 2008 recession, right? I have, um, I have an investor come to me and say, Robert, I want to buy, I, I buy a property. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let's look for something. So we, we found something. It was a small two-bedroom bungalow block home, right? Florida home. And she purchased it for, I want to say, 30-something thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. 31, 32,000. Uh-huh. We go to closing and I get paid 3% on that amount, 900 bucks. Yeah. Right? And she hands me the keys right there at the closing mm-hmm. and she says, put it back in the market for 50 something thousand, 55,000, I think it was. Right? And I sell it for 51, I believe. She takes the money and I sold it within like a week and a half. And okay. I get paid another three percent, which is fifteen hundred. Okay. So I said fifteen hundred here, nine hundred there. I made twenty four hundred bucks. Yep. Meanwhile, she made twenty two thousand, something like that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm on the wrong end of the business. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I found her the house. I sold her the house. I know what yeah. you know. I yeah. have all the you tools found the buyer and knowledge. Too, yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm on the wrong side of the business. Yeah. So that's when I, I, I just said, you know what, yeah. done. And I went to just flip homes. That is cool. I know that I've seen some of those shows uh, on on television. The, the, the you know people that concentrate on flipping homes, and, and I think that there has to be an art to that as well too. You really have to be passionate. You got to be, I believe, like a, more of a visionary as well too. 
because you got to envision, I mean, I don't know what level of homes were you buying, but a lot of these homes that, you know, that I've seen, like my father, he's in the, and in, in kind of like renovating homes and stuff like that. And he'll be coming into this home and he sees this thing that's falling apart. And, and I'm like, dude, what are you seeing here? It's like, you don't understand what I'm envisioning here. He sees this whole yeah. value out of it. And, uh, and then you got to have the vision for that. Yeah. So I think exactly. that if you're in that space, yeah, you got to have that gifting and it has to be that passion, right? So the first house I purchased when I decided to do this, right? Yep. The first house, um, I walk through the house and I get to the back room. And when I step to the middle of the room, I look up and I can see the sky. There was no You got roof. a convertible? It was, it <laughs> was a convertible. You got a little convertible out, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I love it. Right? <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah. I said, I love this. What because I had less competition because yeah. everybody's going to be afraid of it. Right. And it was yeah. just bad roof, uh, you know, water damage. Uh -huh. So I gutted the whole place out, did the roof. Um, I, I think I purchased it for, oh my God, uh, 70 something thousand. Without a roof? Yeah. Without, yeah. Pre pretty much. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, 70 something thousand and flipped it in 30 days. Well, prepared it in 30 days, closing another maybe, let's just say another 30 days, so yeah. 60 days. And I think I sold it for 142, 41, something My like that. Man. That's good. So, yeah, since, and I was nonstop from there. Yeah. I was doing, yeah. I was doing about three at a time. Oh, so it, that's when you're really more focused on. Yeah, I, I just went full, full, full gun on it. Yeah, I was like, okay. this is it. So I started just buying, buying. I already knew the market. I knew the areas. I mean, I yeah. you would tell you would give me an address, and I would tell you exactly what the house was probably worth yeah. without even looking at it, right? Just because of yeah the the neighborhood, street, community, what you know, city. I, I feel like people have to have. I've noticed that there's people that have um, more of an instinct on that. Yeah, there's this there's something if you, that if you ask me how, and I'm I might not have an explanation. I just know. So it's, it's, it's beyond the books, feeling. right? Because, I mean, I've seen people that come all calculated with the, all these softwares and everything else, and then here comes a guy that just basically has a thing, and, you know, it's like, dude, this is this is not it. This is it. What do you mean? The software's not showing this or whatever it is. No. This is it. I never, I, I promise, I never did an Excel sheet on any of the houses. Yeah, you see, you have that gift already. It was, it was you know, a, a, a piece of a notepad, a pen, and that was it. How did you nurture that? Like, is, is, is it more something that, um, that you're having to, I mean, I guess it's frequency, right? Just being exposed to knowing, so knowing, many. Well, knowing construction, you know, mm -hmm. having a, a a good idea of construction, right? Yep. Made it easy because I see a problem. I, I don't see a problem. I just, okay, it's, it's that. I mean, it's plumbing. It's elect I So mean, you see just, a solution just, for just it. Just do it, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you have to have an idea of what, what it's going to cost you, right? Mm -hmm. But I would already budget all this, so I would... When I made offers to the bank, I made offers, bank, wholesalers, whatever. I made an offer that would suit me, not them, mm. right? I see the mistake of a lot of people that want to get into the into the flipping business mm -hmm. and overbid because mm. they want the house. They want that opportunity so bad mm -hmm. that they don't give themselves enough um, margin for error. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because anything can happen after you open a wall. I mean, you can have termites. You can have, you know, you have yeah, to unforeseen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I would bid under where it suit me. Um, overestimate on on the labor and materials, right? Okay, on that's the renovation. Right yep, yep. And then 
be very conservative on the price, I would list the house when the house was done. Mm-hmm. A lo- most of the times, my estimate on the cost and labor was a little bit lower. Yep. And by the time I was done, I had more comps in the neighborhood to overprice my house by maybe another five, ten, or wow. fifteen thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even twenty thousand. Yeah. By the time I was done. Yeah. I was like, okay, now I got leverage, right? Because now that house was just and this one is new, yeah. right? Pretty much. Yep. So new appliances, floor, paint, everything. Wow. So So would you consider because I mean when you're doing that right there, it sounds like you're having to even negotiate. I mean, so you're you're having to be playing different fields, right? So you're having to negotiate a deal, which that takes basically some sort of sales strategy as well. You're mm-hmm. having to sell the person that is right. selling you the home, or if you're buying it, unless you're buying it from the bank or whatever it is. I did a lot of uh, bank-owned properties, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I heard that. That's pretty big. Yeah. Um, so, but you're having to be a negotiator and then being tough as well, too. Do you consider that to be a quality as well? Tough with who? Tough, what, I mean, I mean, tough in that part of that business. Like, hey, you know, I'm, this is what I'm giving you. Like some of these guys are basically coming in like the Mr. Nice Guy. I'm just going to go ahead and, and, you know, overprice this or whatever, you know. I mean, I, I won't say, you know, being tough or a nice guy, but I just knew my number and I would stand where my number made sense for me because yeah. I, I knew the bank is not looking out for me. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. this is the most I can offer. Take it or leave it. I mean, there's more houses on the market. As the years went by, there were less homes on the market, mm-hmm. right? And it started getting tougher and tougher to get in because people, mm-hmm. like I said, were watching too much TV yep. and coming in and overbidding, yep. and they spoiled the banks. And the banks started pricing the homes higher and saying, well, there's people out there trying to buy these homes. Let's yeah. just get more for them. Um, so the, the margin of um, profit you were making was getting shorter, you know, smaller and smaller every single time. So would you say that, that's interesting you mentioned that too, because I've seen that even in my space, that now um, you have all these celebrities on television. Right. Now these things become popular. You know, like, like right now, like the show Shark Tank, right? If now mm-hmm. you got a bunch of people that want to go ahead and they, they swear they're business people because they just watch a few shows of Shark Tank and they haven't even been exposed to anything. So now you have all these guys that are just quote-unquote flippers, investors or whatever it is because they didn't see the show, but then now there's a big demand. So it's kind of like the blue oceans turns into the red oceans, right? Now it's everybody's there. It's a, and now it's like it's messing it up for the real people that are involved. Yes. Right? Is that something that happened? It, it happened. Yeah, yeah. So in in 2017, um, I was working with another gentleman that was also flipping homes. He was doing his thing. I was doing my thing. Uh, but we were consult with each other mm-hmm. and then I would I became his uh pretty much his real estate agent okay um and he was about to purchase a home that I I I suggested for him not to purchase at mm-hmm. the time because of the money he was going to end up making long story short um he bought the house he did a great job at as always um, at the end of the day, after I think it was four months, by the time he was done, he only made like twelve thousand dollars. Wow! Profit. Yeah. Right. Divide that in four months. That's yeah. That's three just, three grand a month. Yeah. Yeah. And it was at a time where people started realizing that there were a lot of homes vacant, mm-hmm. and they were going in and busting the doors open and taking all the appliances. Mm. So at night he couldn't sleep, thinking like <laughs> we need to sell this before. Yeah. Right. And then he started getting. His, 
a little smart and he was like, okay, I won't put the appliances until the house is sold yeah. and tell the buyer, I will give you all the appliances, yeah, yeah. but not Once now. Once you move in, yeah. Right, kind of the same day or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, and then that transitioned to actually then building homes. Okay. From scratch. Um, him being an engineer, um, having the architect and everything and the building experience, mm-hmm. then we went in looking for to build new construction. So now you started looking more for what, for the right land? Then we started acquiring land and mm-hmm. building high, high-end homes. Mm. Is that what you're doing more now as well too, or? I'm still, yeah, yeah. I'm still involved. Yeah, 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 because yeah. construction right now I is... still do the, the, the acquisition and the sales, mm-hmm. and here and there I invest. Okay. Yeah, just depends on the time of the year and what I'm doing. Would you consider the new construction to be a cleaner space over the, over the actual flipping? Kind of like more like, okay, well, I mean, is there a difference between them? There's a difference. Um, I would say the flipping runs your adrenaline a little bit more because you don't know what you're getting yourself into, mm-hmm. right? Until you start breaking walls and doing things. Yep, yep. Um, the new construction is a lot cleaner. Mm. You're dealing with also different contractors because these are... Guys, I like to do everything from like the plumber does yep. all the plumbing, like from yeah, from scratch, from scratch, from the ground yeah. up. Yeah, so yeah. he knows he's got a big job. The electrician, yep, right. They like to come in and do the whole job yep. versus hey, come here and try to figure this mess out for me, mm-hmm. right? And no, I've, I've done new construction with air conditioning before, and and it's uh, easier. It's way easier. I mean, you don't have drywall up. I mean, when we're doing duct work, and you don't have just, to figure what the prior guy did. Yeah, yeah, right. So, it's, if anything, it's, it's always been getting. I mean, the only thing for for us as a contractor was that they're squeezing us like a teenage pimple. Like, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, they they have the numbers and the budget. It's yeah. production. Um, the other thing is, on um, it's flipping is quicker. Okay. In the sense of you get your money back out quicker. Yeah. You know, construction. Oh no! For well, us, for Shane, it, was, it could be ten months. It could be nine months. Yeah. It could be you know. And they hold on to the last ten percent for us. I mean, for when we were dealing with uh, general contractors, like, okay, well, we got to reserve this ten percent. We're like, when is it that we're going to get this? And right. It was tough, especially with us starting the company. You know, it was and competing against massive companies as well too. Even though it's in the same real estate um, industry, right? It's yep. just a different sector. It's just interesting that to see the the amount of, you know that people could actually concentrate in more, like you could have, like right now there's another thing out there that's really popular, which I'm sure that you've heard of it, is the wholesalers. Mm-hmm. I've heard that wholesalers are not really liked by a lot of realtors. I don't know. I mean, you could go ahead and probably explain I, I bought I bought a lot of homes from wholesalers. Wholesalers and that's like, a different. Like, that's a different animal. That's yeah, just a different beast within the, you know. I don't like it. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, they make a lot of calls. They have to. Dude, they're like the grinders. I see them like yeah. they're like, like the people that are coming in when I, because I did, you know, one time I, I got interested in just kind of seeing what they were doing. And uh, and then I started hearing from like other realtors also. So like they didn't really like these guys because these are the guys that don't go down the traditional route. Mm-hmm. They don't even have a license as far as I'm. They don't eat. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just basically selling a contract, something like that. Correct. And uh, but then when I started looking at how they get these leads, I mean, honestly, I was able to get some ideas even from my own business because these guys are. Out there, they're they're hammering the phone, cold calling, bandit signs yeah. all over the place. So for me, wholesaling is trading time for money. Yes, yes. right, because you got to put a lot of time. Yeah, and you don't have to invest in in anything. Yep, pretty much because you just have a contract and you just flip it to somebody else. So you're you're just flipping a contract basically. Yeah. So there's no money from your part. Yep, there's no 
pretty much no risk, mm-hmm. right? So all you got to trade is your time of making these phone calls and following yeah. up, and then go f- as soon as you got a contract in hand, go f- try to sell the property, yeah. you know, or or not get an investor because that's who they target, right? People that are looking for wholesale because right. now they're like, hey, we have wholesale for me. It's like volume. The, the what's happening now is. Well, the, the only thing I don't like about the wholesalers, and I've told them this, is like they send you a they send you an email with the with the house, right? I yeah. got this, and they say this is what the asking price is, and this is what you can get for it, and you and you look at the ARV. I'm like, where the hell you got that number from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like who who came up with this number, right? And yeah. they're trying to justify what they're trying to get. Yeah, on their end, right? So I think they've they've gotten a little. I'm not gonna say greedy, you know, but their 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 profit has increased a little bit more because. There's less volume. Yeah. Right? So because there's less volume, uh-huh. they have to charge more for the, for their time. Yeah. Right? And it's getting a little more sophisticated. Back in the days, it was not as popular as it is. Now it's becoming, I mean, I've seen on TikTok, kids that are 15-year-old, 15-year-old kids, just there, I'm here doing wholesale. Yeah. And I'm like, where is these guys? Like now a lot of people are getting in that space because it gets you into like, you know, get someone that just could go, like you said, you know, do the calls, do whatever it is, uh, um, knocking on doors. I mean, whatever it is, these people are just going after even people that are, what is it called? Uh, 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 what is it called? There's a name for that. When somebody died, um, Probate? probates. Probates. So they have, you know, now there's even a software out there. Um, uh, that's actually a software that I use for my own business that actually came from that space that gives me, uh, oh, shows me different things that are available in the market, but I use it more because I see you know, a lot of details for my space, for my air conditioning. So mm-hmm. it's a, but then these guys have it down now, more sophisticated with divorce. softwares. Yeah, divorce. You, you I divorce mean, they target, probe. you know, yeah, bleeding gazelles out yeah. there. Like <laughs> that's, that's basically what, you, what you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, and the, the realtors, on the other hand, I find them to be a little more cleaner. Like more like, okay, yeah, we're not going to get into that. We're, we're waiting, you know, when a house goes into the market, that's when right. we're going to sell it, whatever yeah. it is. Um, but well, th- there's realtors that just have this, like blinders, right? Yeah. And this is all they know is just get the client, put the house in the market, put a sign, yeah. market, get it closed. That's it. Done, right? Yeah. And there's so much more in this industry that you can make money. No, I mean, like what I'm hearing from you, like you you mentioned flipping, you mentioned new construction, now you have wholesaling, now you have just the, the traditional real estate. Then you have, I mean, I mean, there's just so many different things in that in itself, but yet you have people, like you said, that are more just, more like one-dimensional. Now, there's people doing uh, what they call, you know, creative financing or sub to. I've heard of that. What is that, creative financing? So pretty much you go in and you buy a prop. Well, okay, you buy a property from someone. Okay. Right Now, you're buying a property. So let's say I'm the person. I'm, right. buying, I'm the buyer, right? So, yeah. So let's say you want, um, you want to sell the property, mm-hmm. right? And... Um, you're asking, I think, let's say, let's just say, two, there's two formats. One is that you're asking too much for the property and you can't sell it, but you want to sell it. Okay. Right? So I go in and I buy it from you mm-hmm. at whatever price you want. So you're, okay, so I'm, I'm selling, you're the what? You're the realtor comes to... Uh, an investor. An, I'm investor. an investor. Okay, an investor, okay. Right? So I come in. I mean, there's more to it, but I'm making the simple, no, no, yeah, right? Yeah. So I come in and I buy it from you, and I mm-hmm. say, I'm gonna, "Okay, I'm going to buy your property, right? You want six hundred thousand? I think it's worth five fifty or five twenty, mm-hmm. but you want six hundred. I'll pay you. I'll get you the six hundred. Mm-hmm. You sign the deed over to me. Okay. I'll manage the property for two years, and I'll pay you in two years. And in the meantime, I will continue paying the mortgage that you're paying. So, 
That's that's scenario one, and okay. I'll, we'll break it down. That's yeah. scenario one. The other one is let's just say uh, you ha- you can't keep up with the property. You're uh-huh. going to you're about to foreclose because you lost your job, whatever the case might be. Uh-huh. Then I say, okay, let me buy the. I'll take over the the property, mm-hmm. right? So subject to assuming your loan. So mm-hmm. basically, s- sign the deed over to me. Okay, I'll continue making payments on the mortgage, mm-hmm. so your your credit doesn't get ruined. Yep. Right. Um, or let's say you owe two, three months, I'll pay the three months mm-hmm. and put it up to date. Yep. And you vacate the house and I now have control of the house. Now okay. I could go rent the house. I could go put it on Airbnb, make more money. I could put it in if there's no HOA, maybe in a like a transition home and rent the rooms out. I can put it I mean this Dude, I mean so this is the the, the one that's coming is it safe for me as a seller to do that? Yeah, and there's a way to protect you as a seller. Like, yeah. you're going to lose the house. So, okay, you got so to, regardless, I was about to lose the house. Anyway, you, you, that's you're going to yeah. lose the house. Now you're going to be in a foreclosure. You, so you're you can't buy a house for the next four years. Yeah. You're going to have your bad credit, all that, right? Okay. Let me take over the property. Uh-huh. Right? I'll continue making whatever the payments are. Uh-huh. You're going to have... We're going to have papers signed mm-hmm. where... You might have a lien on the house mm-hmm. for the amount, right? Yep. You got to give me though two years. Okay. To a buy the house from like refinance the house and put it under my name, mm-hmm. or sell the house and pay you whatever I said I was going to pay you. Mm. Right. So we're going to agree on the number. Yep. But you got to give me two years. In the but in, in the two meantime, years, I'm going to be making those payments. I give it to a third party, so the servicing company is going to make the payments for us. Okay. Meaning. On my behalf, uh-huh. and you will get notification from the servicing company that the payment was made. So yeah. you could, you know that you're good. Are that that's paid. not, yeah, right. All you got to do is worry. Go rent a, another yeah. apartment or something, or move, or do whatever you need to do. Let me take care of your equity per se. Let so me, then, let me, give me time to continue making payments on the house, mm-hmm. build equity. Now, if I where I make money, right? Yeah, you're asking. Well, different ways. So let's say your mortgage is two thousand dollars, yep. and I could go rent the house for twenty five hundred. I'm making five hundred cash flow. Okay. If I put it on an Airbnb, maybe I'm making forty five hundred. Mm-hmm. Pay two thousand, I'm making twenty five hundred. Mm. Right. Or, lastly, is you give me two years. I said I'm, I'll pay you four hundred for the house. We mm-hmm. agree upon that, and in two years now the house is worth four hundred eighty thousand. I sell the property and mm-hmm. keep the profit. So what's the risk to you as an investor? There's no risk. I, it's, it's, I, I didn't give you no money. I just make. So how pay- about if you don't want to buy it in two years? Then we sell it. Okay. Right. But then is there? Okay. Wow. That's that's. Yeah. That's. I mean. Or or I sign papers back to you, and you take your property and figure out what you want to do with it. Yeah. I mean, so I just gave you a break for two years. I, you know, I'm uh, giving you a break, yeah, yeah, protecting you became, your yeah. credit. Yeah. You go figure out your life. You kind of became a tenant. And in okay, some people see. Oh, so you're renting the house. Yeah, but... But you got more control. But with control... You got control. That's actually a smart way. Because I got the deed. Now I could do what I need to do with the house. Yeah, because if you're renting it from an actual owner, they're not going to allow you to do what you're you're planning to do right now. Correct. And they could could vacate me anytime. You just came ahead. You you became a lifeline for them. Correct. You saved them. Wow. It's not for everybody. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not difficult. That's why it's called creative finance. Bingo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty creative. 
so is that popular? Is that something that a lot of people are, are doing right now? No, there's some guys out there teaching it and yeah. making it a big thing, you know, and yeah, like like a lot, they make it seem easy, yeah. you know, but a lot of people, you have to understand that a lot of people are, are attached to their home, to mm-hmm. their property, right? So it's an emotional thing. So yeah. you got to get over that. And and like you like you just said, well, you're, you're really helping them. You save them. Well, that's my intention. Yeah. But again, I, I need to make money and secure oh, I mean, myself. You're in it. You're in it to to go ahead and if I if I'm basically gonna go ahead and guarantee because there's no guarantee that you're gonna be able to rent that house anyways. So now you're committed to having to pay that monthly. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no guarantee on your end. You know, something happens now. You're like, oh, I'm having to pay two thousand dollars a month. So you went ahead and said, hey, you're not gonna have that bad case, that bad scenario. And there's it's a per- and there's a performance contract yeah. where everything is stipulated. Yeah. That's interesting. That's actually uh because uh, uh, I've heard of it before. I just never understood the whole thing. So because you gotta get creative. Yeah, you gotta be <laughs> super creative. Yeah. So that and that just shows the amount of uh, you know varieties of ways that you're actually able to go and and help homeowners. Let's let's say you want to sell you you want to get out of your company. Yeah. Right. Because you you want to move or whatever the case is. Right. You're done with the you you kind of right. And I said, okay, let's do this. How much you want for your company? Two million bucks. Yep. All right. I got the trucks. I got the everything. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. I might know the industry a, a, maybe a little better than you, or just a more creative you in, in other ways. Right. Yep. Let's say you're an older guy, ready to retire, kind of thing. I'm like, okay, let's do this. I'll buy your company for two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. But you got to give me two years to pay it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. In the meantime, what am I going to do? I want to make sure everything gets paid. The trucks get paid, the leases, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, right? Yep. I'm, I'm taking full you responsibility. You can probably even put the owner in a salary or whatever, too, if you want to. Yeah, there's different ways of doing it. Right? Yep. Now I have to make sure that I know what I'm doing in this in that industry, that I'm going to put more trucks, more people, that I'm going to market, that I'm going to mm-hmm. pick up a contract, that I'm doing something to take that mm-hmm. um, company to the next level mm-hmm. And be able to sell sell it to someone else in two years for four million. Mm-hmm. Give you your two million, and I made two million. Yep. Right? Yep. For example, so well, you don't have to risk much in the front end, anyways, but, too. But I don't, I don't invest anything up front yep. too much. That's the, that's the, that's right? the. I don't have the smart to. Ta- thing I, I don't have to take out two million or go get a loan yeah. for two million, right? Yeah, I did the uh, company that I, that I bought. That's what I was trying to do with them, actually. And uh, but then from there, somebody stepped in, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna have to go ahead and just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is actually creative. Um, it's the, I, I didn't see the connection. It's, I'm glad you did that because um, I've spoken to, in the air conditioning space, uh, acquisition has become a huge thing now. I mean, it's incredible. Like this industry that was just a bunch of, a lot of older gentlemen, you know, people, contractors, nothing sexy about the industry. They are finding that is very lucrative residential space. And now you have uh, private equity coming in. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, I have a friend of mine that he just uh, sold his company for $150 million, air conditioning company. Yeah. And um, and then he's still, uh, some, I think he's still somehow involved with shares, whatever it is. And they keep you because they're looking to for companies that have, um, you know, a good management team in, in place. Well, somebody that knows that oh, no, sector yeah. And, yeah. and they come in and implement yeah. strategies. That's yeah. the only difference they do. Yep. Right. That's where, that's why they creative. Mm-hmm. They say we could take this and bring in our our new ideas mm-hmm. into this sector instead of starting a business from scratch. Yep. Let's just take something that's already existing. Exactly. And just, you know, take that works scale better. it. I, I mean, that's one of the things now kind of talking a little bit about acquisitions with business. I mean, when I discovered that, I mean, that, 
I wouldn't say that I would do it if I were to do it all over again. I wouldn't that I would just go immediately and buy a company because mm-hmm. I think that the sweat equity that I put into my own company, starting it from scratch and the learning and everything, that was the those were paid lessons, basically with my time and everything else. I mean, so yes, it's easier to buy a company, but then after you get to a certain point that you know, like you said, that you have a sense, that you have an instinct on knowing the market, whatever it is. After that, it's just. Why build another one when you could just go ahead and buy? Yeah, but now you got the experience. That's why you can go ahead and do it. Yeah, right. Um, That's what's helpful. If you wouldn't know what to do, why would you go buy? You know. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, acquiring companies is is key. I was looking at. I was just about to acquire another company uh, about uh, three months ago, and um, went into it, looked under the hood, nothing. It was not you know what I was expecting and stuff, and then we just moved on. But it's becoming very popular, and now the big sharks, because now private equity has unlimited top of money. Yeah. They're coming yeah, in. And they're, compete, yeah. Yeah. But they're looking for companies that are more eight figures, which a good thing is for companies like myself, that if I want to buy a company that's doing $300,000, $400,000, that been in business for 20, 15 years, whatever it is, they're not really interested in that. Yeah, but now you can go in and yeah. be the wholesaler, right? Yeah. Now you go in, buy that three hundred, exactly. add it to yours. Now you just converted yours into the million dollar yeah. figures. Now you could, as as a whole, you could sell it. Yeah, right. So there's people that you can sell a pool. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're actually looking right. for. Because when you do, when and before you continue, so what? There's companies that what they do is now there's the flipping in business. Mm-hmm. So you're buying a destruct business. It's like, okay, I'm looking in here. They don't have marketing. But that's not new. I mean, it's, it's just, no, yeah. it's just so it's beca- I guess it's becoming new, known, it's become more known. known in general. But there's people that just specialize in, in looking at businesses yeah. that are going under. Yeah. And they know exactly why they're going under. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, they, the buyers are not idiots. They know what they're doing, right? They yeah. know what they're looking at. Um, it's the newbies that, that had this, this dream of owning a, you know, I don't know, a, a business, right? Yep. And then all of a sudden, it didn't go the way they, they thought it, it would. And somebody with experience comes in and, and just knows exactly where the margins are. Yeah. And they say, yeah, you're paying too much for this and too little, and you're selling for too little for that. Yeah. And, you know, that's where that alone, you can increase, you know, 20% on, on your profit. Yeah. What, what was that show that the guy comes in and buys restaurants? Or No. Who, so, so you're talking about... Um he looks uh, at restaurants and then he yeah. partners up with you or he buys some, something yeah, I like remember, that. Yeah, I remember that because there's, uh, there's that one, there's the profit also too, but the profit doesn't only do I restaurants. Think, the profit yeah, is where Marcos Lemon is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so he buys, you know, he buys different opportunities, yep. right? If it makes sense. But he just knows business, Yeah. right? Yeah. So he doesn't... He's, he's plugging in a system. That's right. what he's coming in with. That's one thing I've learned with him. He's always looking for the, to be able to put a process. He's finding these businesses that basically just, that are attached to an owner, He's like, okay, I need to go ahead and put a system, software, technology, whatever it is, and we're going to be able to automate a lot of this stuff here. Um, so that's, you know, I've actually gotten more interested, especially after my, my last acquisition, in that space because I see buying a, a business sometimes is kind of, I learned this from another guy. He said, you got to look at how much you're going to spend in marketing and if it's how much it's going to cost you to buy X amount of leads versus just buying a company. And mm-hmm. you're buying with already customers, kind of like with what we were doing before. Yeah, what were we talking about? Yeah, because yeah. it's kind of like then now you're able to fish in your own pond. Mm-hmm. So when you're acquiring a company, it's like when I acquired this company, it came with 3,000 customers, 2,000 plus in a database, and I think 2,000 actually off the database. So it's actually about 4,000 customers that the company has. And it just, bro, they, they kept this company on files. Like they just started putting stuff in the software, I think 2014. But they've been in business since 1994. Anything before that, it was all paper trail. Paper, 
So when I went to pick up this stuff, it was just and, big and it's and, and it's hard to retarget to these clients that you yeah. already have. Yeah. Right now, everything's electronically. So you put it on, you know, hire three girls for two months and, yeah. and you got everything back on a computer, yeah. right? Put, put them in a spreadsheet or whatever it is. And then you can go back and retarget. Yep. You know, and, and a lot of these companies that go under there or old school or they don't know what they're, you know, they, yeah. they don't have they an have idea no what interest. they're doing. Yeah. Or yeah. They, they lack motivation yep. to take companies back up, right? Or it was a hand-down business, right? Where, yep. yeah, it didn't cost me anything. It didn't cost me no sweat, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mom and pop restaurants or shops, you know. Yeah, yeah. So... It, it, with that, that is one of the things that I've seen. And that's the reason why I'm really interested in that space. Because I'm finding that, with as you and I have always spoken about, like with the marketing, marketing is everything. Would you agree? Like it's everything. It's, it's everything. everything. Marketing, marketing and, and, and sales is like, you know, like you got to get attention somehow in there, uh, out there. And, um, you know, and that's one of the things that I learned from my own personal business, you know, a few years before. And it helped me to get a lot of attention. But then I'm like, all right, well, how about if I'm able to introduce this to some of these older companies? How is it that you're, you know, if we're kind of shifting a little bit um, with the marketing, how is it that marketing is helping your business and because I've even before the show we're just even looking at some of the strategies that you're working on and stuff like that I mean it takes strategy but then like I see that you have a passion for it as well too because I mean you're in it itself kind of like expand on that a little bit on the marketing side of things for your own personal business well like you said marketing is everything and yeah. I and I <laughs> I told my wife I said listen if if, if anything comes you know down to the last one thousand dollars right and it's, or have to go market to get a client yeah. or have to pay, let's say rent or a mortgage. We're not paying the mortgage. Yeah. I'm marketing. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. I'm there with you. Because with that $1,000 marketing, yeah. I can make 10, 12, 15 yeah. grand. The and first thing people do is cut that off. That, yeah. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like that's Well, the I, I know exactly why they cut it off. It's because they had the wrong marketing from the get and it wasn't really doing anything yeah. for them. Well, because they're that's, not handling themselves. That's what happens mm, every two also too. Because I've noticed too, because I see exactly what you're saying. Because when I was starting off the business, the first thing I did was cut off the marketing because I was dependent on a company that was just telling me impressions, right? All these impressions that I was, like I would say, I was not impressed with their impressions. And I'm like, I'm not getting customers. And this is my... Right. So know, so let's, let's clear that up a little bit, yeah. you know, um, because no, I think nobody's dug it into that um, deep enough, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're saying, well... Just marketing. And marketing is just not marketing, right? Okay. It's not just put an ad and throw it out there and, yep. and wish for the best. Yep. Again, it's there's got to be a strategy. There's got to be a plan, mm -hmm. right? Um, or you find a good company, a, you know, a company that, that you can track and say, this company will produce X amount of leads mm -hmm. for me, right? Yep. And it's not the big amounts of leads. It's mm -hmm. the quality leads. Yep. So I'd rather take 10 leads a month of quality leads mm -hmm. than a hundred a week. Yep. Right? Yeah. Because I could focus on, on those 10 and I know that from the 10 I'm going to get, let's just say 50, 60% of them. Yep. That's that's more money for me than than trying to follow up with a hundred leads a week yep. and keeps you busy, but keeps then you busy not, and then yeah. I can't focus on anything. Yep. Yep. Right? So I think the reason people quit marketing is because they, they have the wrong marketing in place from the get, mm -hmm. from the beginning. All right, so let's just start there. Yep. So if it hasn't, if that marketing company strategy or whatever it is you're doing hasn't produced quality leads and you you don't, you can't pinpoint uh, an ROI on, on that investment, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if the market is good or bad or you have the money or not. 
Mm-hmm. Just get rid of it. Yeah. You know, change, do something. Yep. Right? So with now, this is my favorite part, of course, with the marketing side of things. So, you know, if we have, because you, you hit a, a good point there, it's like marketing is just not putting something out there. You know, there has to be a, a thinking behind it as well, too. So if you were to kind of like explain, let's say somebody's starting a, a business right now, right? Somebody's mm-hmm. starting a business and they're like, hey, listen, I understand that marketing is everything. I get it, right? You know, but then you don't really have, they don't have the budget for something like that. You know, so like kind of let's say you were to be starting all over again, but with the knowledge that you have now, right? Um, how would you try to get attention using marketing as a as as the form, but then just creative, kind of creative marketing for that? Like what ideas? With that you no have? budget. I think that you always. Have, I think that you a little budget. Yeah, you gotta have. I think that you gotta have a budget for that. But I think that there's creative ways of doing it that you're not having to dump money. So I've done it before, even when I was you know, calling myself, hey, I'm doing, I'm a marketer. And then when I look back two years, I'm like, I just spent over $100,000 on Facebook. Yes, I got a lot of leads. Yeah, we generated quite a bit, but then so many leads got lost. We mm-hmm. didn't have a good system in following up with them. A lot of them were not just, it was not, it was not strategical. It was just kind of giving money away and then just, okay, let me get a loan here. Let me go ahead and just dump it into marketing. So I feel like for me personally, it had to be more creative. Um, and then there was other ways also too that I could have just leveraged technology, um, where you know you're involved putting your name out there and stuff like that. But then that that is part of marketing as well too to just get attention. I know it's a, it's you a know broad, I, it's, it's I'm a in full an, question. I'm, I'm in an age right. Yeah, I'm at an age where I, I have mixed knowledge between old school and technology. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep, like a younger. You know, business guy, maybe in his 20s, he's mm-hmm. all tech, right? Yep. Right? Um, so f- for me, it could be a little struggling because I have, you know, the old school. So I still fall a little bit more on the old school. Yep. And I think and, it's good. And, and take advantage of the of the new school, right? Of the mm-hmm. tech. What I mean by old school, I think networking is big. Yep. Right? Shaking hands. Yep. Meeting people. Everybody wants to Zoom today. Everything is, you know, social media. Put a picture, put a photo, and, you, and you're expecting you're going to get business out yep. of that, yep. right? Um. It works for some industries, Yep. not for everyone, right? For example, in the real estate industry, I think meeting people, knowing people, shaking hands is yeah. the way to do it, Yeah. right? So if you put me right now in a new town where I know no one, yeah. the trust first me, thing- for the first six months, I'm going to just meet people yep. everywhere, yep. businesses, business owners, go in, coffee shops, yep. um, cigar shops, wherever, Right, mm-hmm. and and start meeting people and sparking conversations, getting to know yeah. who they are and them to know who I am. So before you continue, it's funny you say that because the other day I was thinking, I'm like, okay, you know, when you discover this world of the digital space, you kind of start putting all your eggs there, but then you start noticing that you're like, okay, I'm not being, I'm not diversifying things. So I got to be more omnipresent. I got to be seen everywhere. So how do we do that? And then the thing that I was thinking about was I was actually, I started writing it down was traditional marketing is something that actually becomes more valuable now because everybody's kind of leaning all their weight on this. And a lot of these newer guys that are coming out, they're so dependent on this behind the screen, Mm -hmm. not doing the eyeball to eyeball, belly to belly type of conversation that then, you know, you could, you actually have an advantage 
over a lot of these guys because there's, you know, it's like kind of like I've seen people that are, you know, doing seven figures and selling on Amazon. And it's, I mean, I'm sorry, but this is just a little nerd behind the screen. And then Amazon goes away. The guy doesn't even know how to do like conversate with somebody in front right. of them. Right. So there's those basic elements, those basic rules that never get, you know, it's kind of like that doesn't change. And I don't think that that's ever going to go away. Like, especially for those that are really trying to take roots in business. Like, hey, well, you have to meet people in person. You have to yeah, I think that I think there should be a balance, right? Yep. Between the real handshake conversation one-on-one, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's going to be, I think, the quality, right? Yeah. So there's only so many people I can talk to, shake hands with in a month, but on one post yeah. or video on any social media, I could reach millions. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, again, it's like lead generation, right? Yeah. Or marketing. You market for leads, right? Mm-hmm. So lead generation. You could get the, like I said before, I'd rather have 10 quality than 100 yeah. cold, right? Yep. So the same thing happens with that strategy that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go shake hands with 10 people yep. in a month and try to get something out of there, right? Yeah. Then put a video up and reach a million people and not yeah. get anything back. It's like back in the days. A couple days, likes, like, but likes don't pay the bill, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like back in the days when we used to go try to get numbers from girls. He's like, okay, we just, man, I got, I got 10 digits. He's like, did you really connect with one of the girls yeah. there? Like, do you get to talk to them or whatever it is? Yeah. You're dating you, zero. You got 10 numbers. It, that, it was know. like, oh, competing for numbers. And, and that's kind of like what happens with having uh, people having all this amount of leads or whatever it is. So, but I'm there with you with traditional um, traditional way of doing business, which is on a handshake, networking, going to events. We've been to events together before, too. I remember I used to go to the event before, Red Carpet, and that, that was one of them. I used to go to all these things, and and I'm like, when was the last time I actually did that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I need to get into that also to continue that. It's, it's not that you're dependent on that, but you continue to have that in person. And you don't want to overdo it either, right? No, because, because we know that we can leverage technology, but it's like, okay, well, hold up. If I'm able to meet somebody there, that might open a door for an actual Zoom meeting where I'm able to bring more people in or something like that. Um, a training, or I don't know, whatever it is. Like there's places like they, they do these, you know, once a month at the same, you know, at the same place or different places, but mm-hmm. it's the same people that go there, right? Yeah. You could go to one of those every four to five, Six months, right? Yeah. And that's enough to keep you, yeah. you know, top of mind with that group, mm-hmm. right? So you don't have to do it every single... Chamber of Commerce. Right. Every single yeah. month yeah, or, yeah. you know, Red Carpet Monday or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's, there's places you can, you can just, you know, extend mm-hmm. the, the repeat of, of going by and shaking hands and whatnot. So you're saying networking is one of them, I, traditional. I would, say, I would say traditional networking. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, open houses. Yeah. Right, I've got I've gotten listings where I've reached out to other realtors from other companies. Hey, I got a couple listings. You want to do an open house? Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, no, I don't do open houses or this. I'm like, seriously? Like, I wish I could clone myself. I'll be, you know, I'll yeah, do, do open multiple. Houses. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's big for me. Yeah, like open houses. That's when you meet people. You yeah. ask questions. You have time. They yeah, come. Yeah. They're if they're coming in through that door. They're they're they're. Level of defense is low. Yeah, that means I can just ask questions. Yeah, I yeah. could, I could really get. They're in your backyard right now. Yeah, yeah, right. Because they're coming to me. I'm not mm-hmm. like you know going to them. Yeah. So, and they they're in there for a reason, right? Yep. So, I believe I believe um, and things like that. Meeting true people, shaking yeah. hands. 
I think that that's uh, um, there is a lot of cross pollination that happens between different industries, and I think that I've learned quite a bit even from the real estate space. Um, and I'm studying what you guys do and crossing it over to what I do in my space because at the end of the day, we're all dealing with a homeowner, mm-hmm. right? So that's, the, that's what, I, what hit me one day. I'm like, this is we're after the same person. You know, I'm just servicing a know, different pro- part I'm of providing that. Providing a different type of service, mm-hmm. but it's still a homeowner. You know, we're offering financing. We have to deal with some of the challenges, you know, credit score, whatever it is. But it's just we're having to, you know, offer value. But it's still a homeowner that's having to trust us. And um, and then we're competing, especially in the state that we're in. I mean, with so many guys, how do we stand out, right? So it's getting really personal. And one of the things that, that I th- we take great pride in is basically just people saying, hey, we feel like we could trust them. Well, you people know? do business with people they... Yeah, they trust. Yeah. Like or no. Yeah. So you have to get them to know you, like you, or trust you somehow, right? Yep. yep. So now... Um, sales is another thing. How would you... Because, I mean, I know that sales... Is, is is taking a I guess a new definition in the internet, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes you perceive a lot of people are f- afraid of salespeople because they just see them like a car, like selling you something that you don't need, right? Because because the, I I believe so marketing is number one, sales is number two for me. Yeah, not the other way around. Yep, right. Because if I don't have enough leads, I can't sell. Yep, I yeah. can be the best salesperson, but if I don't have who to talk to, what am I selling? Right. Yep. So. Number one is marketing, lead generation, and number two is sales. Now, the issue I have in sales or with salespeople is their approach on how they sell. Yep. And now, I, 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 I would like to name, you know, change the name or the category of sales. Yeah. If you are out there to to kind of help that person decide right, on whatever service you're providing or product and give them the information and knowledge so they can make a better decision, Mm -hmm. even if yours is more expensive, the fact that you took the time, Mm -hmm. right? So I I never said, people say, you know, for example, what do you do? You know, you sell homes? Well, no, I don't sell homes. Homes sell themselves. Mm -hmm. I sell my knowledge, my experience, my guidance. Mm. I consult. Yep. I tell them why yes, why not. So I don't mind going into a house and they're looking around and I tell them, you know what, this house is not for you. Let's go. Let's go look at another one. Yeah. Even if it takes me another week. Mm. Because now they trust me that I'm looking out for their best interest. This mm. house has problems. You know, yep. It has leaks. I, and with my experience in, in, in the renovation construction side, mm-hmm. I see things differently. Yep. I have a so, different so set of eyes. So you're an expert in that, and it gives them the confidence to trust you more because now they see that this guy yeah, knows. Yeah, he's not trying to sell me anything. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's really trying to get me into something that is valuable, that mm-hmm. I'm going to make the right investment, mm-hmm. and that I'm, I'm going to be happy with. Yep. Because I'd rather you, because I'm investing. That's my marketing. Mm-hmm. The service I'm providing, because that means that anyone that talks to you and needs a realtor, yeah. who are you gonna re- who are you gonna refer? Yeah, you you marketed yourself well, but then you didn't have to even. It's so interesting you say that. That's a good point because when you're marketing, it's kind of like a blend of both of them together, right? The marketing and the sales. Are, but when you're coming in, you're marketing yourself, but you're not putting a fake you. It's you're coming in as an authentic expert that then sells itself, that you like, customers like, I, I'm convinced. Yeah, I don't have to sell myself. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to share what I know. If you don't want to yeah. do business yep. because you just don't like me for yep. whatever reason, then that's fine. Yep. Like, there's more people out there, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm really trying to look out for you to make the right 
investment. Yeah. Because yeah. the day you decide to sell, I hope you call me back and say, yeah. Robert, you help me buy it. Can you help me sell it? Of yeah. course. Yes. Or listen, my sister, my brother, my aunt, somebody is looking to sell or buy a home. I want you to help them. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, that's that's powerful what you're saying there because that right So if there, people took that same approach on anything, sorry to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. But if, if they took the same approach in, let's just say cars, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have a bad reputation. If you take the time and tell and walk with people, right? And I get the sales guy, he's out there making whatever he's making on, on a on a hot day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you, you don't want to show every, you know, two hundred car on the lot. Uh-huh. I get it. Um but if you do your discovery up front yeah. under AC, yeah. it's easier to go out and show three cars yeah. right, than all 200. Yeah. But do your discovery the right way. Yeah, yeah. It'll I, make it easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that some of these companies actually create that bad environment by pushing. They, they do you it know, to themselves. Yeah. Because I, I, I remember that, that I, you know, I did this before too in my own company. Like, you know, we have to go ahead and present customers with different options or whatever it is, but then we had uh, certain commission structures. And then, of course, the commission was, you know, a little higher if they would sell a higher ticket. Mm-hmm. But then I started noticing I was encouraging bad behavior because the small tickets were not being sold or even considered. It was only going after the big ticket. I'm like, well, hold up. Well, I mean, there's the Blue Marlins and then there's the Blue Gales. We're, we're focusing only on the blue marlins here, but then we're missing all these blue gills that can continue to keep activity coming in, and right. we're just only going after these big ones here. And I had to just restructure the thing. And I'm like, I said to myself, I'm, I'm creating a bad behavior here because, you know, common sense is like, hey, I'm just going to go for this one. This is going to give me the bigger kill. So then that was one of the things I had to do. But then one of the challenges that I've had, and I continue to just to educate people in my own company, is that you're not... I don't want you to visualize yourself as a salesperson. Even you're you're someone that is educating. You're someone at the end of the ter- that transaction, both parties are going to be better off, right? You know, the person's going to be better off because you provided a solution. You provided you solved their problem with a service, and that involves a product. And then we're better off after that transaction because we're going to stay in business. Everybody's going to stay running. Everybody's going to be better off. The supplier's better off. The 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 gas station is better off. The circulation of money is good. <laughs> it's good for the whole... I mean, that's the reason why the government actually does these stimulus checks because they're like, you're, you're protecting your cash. Mm-hmm. It's not good for us. We need you to circulate it. So they come and invest into the economy and say, we're going to go ahead and stimulate it, get everybody going. Half of the people, more than half of the people are going to invest that money wrong, buy televisions or whatever it is. Tax dollars start coming in. It's just, it's not good for people to just keep stuff sitting there. It's just good when everything is circulating. So I understand, I'm like, you know, that money is a result of service. Money for me is a result, it's a certificate, it's proof that I've been serving someone. I didn't take their money. Um, but there was the time that I was afraid of, you know, like becoming that evil sales guy. Right. Because, you know, like they say, oh, that guy's that guy so good that he'll sell ice to an Eskimo. No, yeah. that's an unethical guy. Because if you're trying to sell ice to an Eskimo, that doesn't he doesn't need, need it, it right? then yeah. that's unethical. That's not what we're talking about here. I mean, I think that even for me to convince my wife to be with me, I had to be in sales. You know, she had to be sold on that I'm the right person. But it's not the traditional sales. It's yeah, basically that's, that's, that's why I said you. I, I wish I, we could change. It's the a different name term. Sales yeah. because it's a different term. Yeah, you s- kind of selling yourself because they're buying who you are. Let's exactly, say right. Yep. So it's not like you're really selling yourself. You're you're just showing them who you are. Let me ask you, what do you think the the most referred profession or professional is? 
The most referred professional. I don't know. Like, I would. I, 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 this is I, a question I just came up with yeah, while yeah. we were talking. I would say a doctor. Yeah. Because a doctor is not selling you anything. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if he solved your problem, your pain, or dude, whatever, you don't even think about it, dude. The <laughs> next person that has, you have a doctor, yeah, my doctor's the best doctor, yeah, right? Yeah. He's the most referred guy yeah. out there, and yeah. he never sold you nothing, anything. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. But he solved a pain. Yes. So that's what sales guys should do. If you could solve people's pain, yep. Right, people's issues, problems, or yeah. whatever it is, discomfort. Uh-huh. If you could solve that, yep. You're you're the man. I right? mean, we think about it. Business is a problem that was solved. That's what business is birth. It's a, it's a solution to a problem. That's what an entrepreneur is. Yeah. Yeah. You you, it's, you, it's, you solve problems. You, you solve you, you create problems. by yeah. Yeah, that's what you're doing. So it's like basically, so here goes his doctor. He went ahead and solved the problem. People don't even think about it. They just automatically, how much is it? Because it's that important to them because it's something that is painful as well too. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to identify pain points, uh, which is what the marketing side is as well too, it's kind of saying we're communicating to people and we're speaking to the people to, to their pain points. And then yeah, but the doctor's not selling himself or anything. No, he's, he's, no they're he's buying really, you. Yeah. He's, he's really there looking at your problem and trying to help you, right? Yeah. yeah. I had a situation yesterday. It's funny you say that. Um, I had a situation yesterday. We went to a customer, and it was clear. Um, no, two days ago. It was clear. The dude's air conditioner was from um, 90. Uh, it was over 23 years old. No refrigerant. I mean, completely. It's just disaster. Microbial growth. It was just, there was nothing. And old refrigerant as well. Thing that's been completely removed. And then he's like... Um, my operation manager goes out there, whatever it is, gives him some options, and then now the guy's like, oh, you're just trying to sell me something. There's, we're not trying to sell you anything. He, was just, he did not want to be sold so bad that he stood with the same problem. Right. We walked out of there. He stood with the problem. We can't repair it, but yet he didn't want to be sold. We're not selling you. We're literally telling you what's the solution for the problem you have, and these are the options. That's it. But the guy did not want to be sold because he had this whole bad idea, whatever it is, screaming on the phone or whatever it is. So it's interesting the idea that people have out there and, you know, that they create. And I, because they're like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be sold. Don't be coming over here to sell me. Or if not the other person, that's like, I don't want to be a person that's oh in the sell space because I don't want to become that person also too. Um, but I think that if it gets rightly defined, like what we're talking about, that we're able to find the actual true principles in it, mm-hmm. that we're doing it in a daily basis anyways. You're convincing someone, somebody's trusting you for something. That was a, that was a trust level there. That was a, a, a persuasion to a certain degree, right? So that's the way that I see it. When I get into more of the deeper levels, of, instead of all the, the flashy stuff that people are coming in with all the study and the rebuttals, and every, it sounds, that sounds too scripted, too mechanical. I can't function in that space anyways. You know, I've seen people that are so like just following this script I think, or whatever I it think, is too. Um, I think a little bit of training in overcoming op- uh, objections is good as long as you're doing it to really help the person that they're in their own way yeah and they need the help and and they're not willing to take it yeah 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 and you and you have the power the intelligence psychology you know in in, in you With know psychology, using, yeah, I mean, using psychology and persuasion and trying to really but using it in the in the right way yeah right because these are powerful tools. It's a powerful tool to make them understand, dude. You, you're you, you're breathing mold here. Yeah. You know you have issues. Yeah. 
right? I don't want to even get into that because you probably won't even understand what I'm saying, but you need a new AC. Yeah. From me or from anyone, just yep. go get one, right? Yeah. That's, that, that's another takeaway. Listen, I could offer you this and this, but you need something because your health is, you know, at risk. Yeah. You don't have to buy from me, but please do me yeah. a favor or do yourself a favor. Go buy one from someone. Yeah. Right? And just walk away. Yeah, we said we had that conversation with a customer yesterday, actually. We said, listen, you know, at the end of the day, you're gonna end up buying from, from you're gonna end up solving this problem with some you're gonna choose a company. We're just giving you the option. Choose us, you can choose another company, but at the end of the day, the problem is still there. And we're here to solve the problem. We're actually introducing there's a little up subject, but we're actually introducing now products that are gonna help us to even to bring that level of, of uh, credibility. Where, like we have products that are gonna, we're going to be able to plug into your home that's going to check the air quality automatically and mm. generate an actual certified you know, air quality report within now the guy, the tech is there, and he's, just, he's able to show it to the homeowner. Here goes a report. This is where you're at. You have X amount of levels of dust or you know, mold levels or whatever it is, and you know, we can help reduce that by you know, introducing you to some of these products. Here goes the report. At the end of the day, we walk away. They still keep the report, but then it's something that is like, it's not me telling you this. It's something that it was generated by, by technology, science, Machine, right. machines, and it helps also too because at the end of the day, I know that when I walk in and sit down with a customer, I know how to navigate certain things, but when you have other people out there, you kind of lose control. There's, you know, like of how they're presenting it, right? Especially the more you grow. I know the system's out there. I mean, we still haven't figured that whole thing out, but I'm like, all right, well, if we're able to introduce products or technology that's going to help us to be able to communicate these things better, then that's going to help the tech as well. I too. mean, the, these things help, but going back to sales, right? There's, there's industries, companies that teach you that you need to close that day, that moment. Yeah. Right. And they put pressure. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a, it's a tough one, right? Because what happens after you gave them all this, mm-hmm. They go compare with a second company, yeah, and they get the same result, the same everything, and it's like <laughs> it's like you, you know, when when somebody's trying to open a can, a, a bottle, or something, and they can't yeah. open, and they give it to you, and then yeah. you just pop it open, and they're like, of course, I may, I, I loosened it up for you, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, their yeah. that's the mentality, right? Yeah. So the same thing happens with with this. After I prep them, now the second company comes in, Easy and it's them. a layup, yeah. right, for them. Yeah. yeah. So. That's why a lot of people tell you, well, in sales, let's try to just, you know, one time close. Let's mm-hmm. just get it closed mm-hmm. and done. Yeah. I think that that's one of the things that, that and I agree with you 100%, seeing people with that level of pressure, because then now you kind of like, in my opinion, you're, if you run the chances of unethics also too, like that now the pressure is like, you got to meet the certain number. You got to have quotas. You got to have certain targets. I mean, I'm a huge believer in that. Um, but then also at the end of the day, it's kind of to what you said before, you're really, I don't want you to lose sight that a customer is a real human being. Mm -hmm. It's not just part of a database or it's not just this digit or this thing that it's just, you're losing sight of who you're dealing with, right? You're really more connecting with a person when you're doing it. You're talking about saying, Hey, you know what? Um, I'm just here to educate you. You're still connected with the homeowner. You know that that's the biggest purchase. Let me play devil's advocate here with that. So you come in and you know and, and you gave me all this information. It's you know everything. We had the great conversation. You didn't sell me anything. I like you. Oh yeah. But let me think about it. Two days later, someone else comes. Oh no, no, no. So then, so like right you know, now. so so that's the risk, 
and, yeah. and I'm playing both, you know, both sides. No, that's here good because, it, because it's we address that ourselves too. It's like, so it's like we have, so we, I, I had a, a, a you know, we've, I've had people come into my company that's worked with me before that they had great reviews for being a nice guy. But, but no then sales. there was no closing. Then and I'm no like, sales, then yeah. so you have to have a level of aggression to go ahead and also be like, hey, we're going to be the right company. And I'm so convinced that I can't, let, I can't step out of the home until I help you make this decision. Mm-hmm. But then it's just, I, this, it's very difficult to explain, okay, at what point do you walk away? Right, at what point? Because I know how pushing. to gauge it. Right, right. It gives me as an engineer, okay, I'm like, all right, no, I know to, to, to hold off. But then how do you even get the team when you're not there anymore, like, okay, you're pushing a little too much, right? So that's, that's I think for me, it's been, that's been the challenge of how do you train it, train people at a bigger level to, to kind of get that I, same sense. So, I, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's, it's, because it's a you sense. want them to close, you want them to close, but then it's like they're just, but it's a sense of who you have in front of you. Yeah. Right. So you got to sense that person, that client. Yep. And see if you can push a little bit more. 